This is the Mount Carmel Christian Church Podcast. Today, Senior Minister Dee Dee Bacon will be teaching the message. I'm so glad you're with us this morning. I'm so glad that you have made the decision to log on, to click, to uh, be together in your home environment so that we can worship together, so that we can continue going through this sermon series, Seven Things Kids Need to Hear. We come to number seven. Today is the last of the series where we're coming from our home to hopefully speak to you in your home uh, regarding this subject. Uh, seven things that kids need to hear. Now, my mom tells me that when I was growing up, I was a kid that constantly asked why. I mean, I would ask why about everything because I, I wanted to know. I wanted to know uh, the answers to life's great questions like why did God make a rat with a tail or, or why does it, does it rain at certain times? I had a bunch of questions that I used to bug my mom all the time asking her, why? And mom would do her best to answer the questions, uh, and after a while, uh, she would get a, a little tired of it, and she says, she started saying, well, because, because. And when she would say, because, I would say, but because why? I've always had a passion for knowing why. I've always had this desire to understand where I'm going. I'm a goal-orientated person. I'm a person that, that likes to know the purpose of my activities. And so I want to start off with reminding everyone as we come to the end of this series, seven things kids need to hear as we come to the end to remind everyone of the why. Why are we going through this? Why are we speaking these seven things? Why are we looking through God's Word for things that we can share, God's word that is, is wisdom to impart to adults, whether they be parents first, of course, but grandparents and uncles and aunts and individuals that may be having the opportunity to mentor young people. Why have we gone through this process of looking at seven things that kids need to hear based on the Bible? Well, the answer to that is, is simple. It, it comes from Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4. Uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to it there in Ephesians. And I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. It says this, fathers or parents, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Do not exasperate your children. Do not provoke your children to anger. Some translations have it. Do not exasperate your children. But here it is. Here's the why. Instead, bring them up, raise them up, rear them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. The why for seven things that kids need to hear is to do our part to fulfill our God assignment to bring to kids, to invest in young people, things that, that will help them learn to give their life to God, to learn to, to follow the way of God, to learn to be raised up in the instruction and training of the Lord so that they too might become Jesus followers as we are Jesus followers. And so that's the why, and that's what we've been doing. And today we close up with uh, a why that I think, uh, well, we close up with one thing that I think is it's going to be very important and, and is, is, is very powerful. And it's a very powerful thing because it's not only important for, for parenting, it's not only something that kids need to hear from the adults in their life, but it's also something I think we all need to, to learn to do in every aspect of our life as we live life together. And I'm, I'm going to tell you a story that uh, captures this statement, that captures this seven thing that kids need to hear. Story begins with a day I came back when my, my sons, 
who were young. One was about four and the other one was about six. They were young and they were beginning to really develop their passion for baseball. So I came home for lunch and had lunch and they went outside to play baseball and I left. And as I was driving down the road, I got a phone call from my wife and uh, I answered the phone call and it was in that voice that I knew I better pay attention because something serious was going on. She said, Didi, you need to come home now. And it was one of those, those, those moments where I knew mm, no arguing, no asking why. I better turn around right now and get back home. And so uh, she said, something's happened. Uh, Christian hit Andrew with a baseball bat in the head. <laughs> And so I came home and I walked in and I, I saw my little boy, the youngest one, Andrew. He's four years old. He's lying on the couch. He's got this little thing on his head. And, and I looked at, the, at his head and there in the crack was this big old cut. Uh, he had been hit in the head by a baseball bat by his brother. It was a wood bat. And so I said, once I looked at it, I'm like, okay, it, it's time to go to the hospital because I knew it would require stitches. And, and sure enough, it required quite a few stitches, inside and outside stitches. And so we took Andrew to, to the hospital and he was lying there uh, waiting for the doctors to come and sew him up. And we got a phone call or somehow my other son, Christian, his older brother, uh, got on the phone and he wanted to talk to his little brother. And I never forget this. I never forget this. To the, <laughs> I will never forget this. I, I remember hearing little Andrew talking and, and I remember him saying, it's okay, brother. It's okay. And I knew exactly what was happening. I knew that Christian felt terrible about what had happened. He felt terrible about the accident. He was saying sorry to his brother. Now we come to find out the details. What had happened was that Christian was swinging and Andrew thought it was his term and he just, it was really Andrew who walked into uh, Christian swinging. But Christian felt terrible and he was on the phone and he was saying, I am sorry, brother. I am sorry for hitting you in the head with a baseball bat. And, and Andrew was just being so sweet and just said, it's okay, brother, it's okay. You know, that's an illustration of something so very important that we need to be able to tell our kids, and that is, I'm sorry. I am sorry. I'm sorry when I mess up. I'm sorry when I don't do things in the right way. I'm sorry for when I lose my temper when I make rash decisions, when I blame you for things that, that you don't need to be blamed for, when I am too harsh on you, and maybe even when I am too soft and I didn't push you the way I needed to push you in order for you to grow. We need to be willing to come to our kids to say our sorry because when we do that, it's a powerful thing. When we do that, we're able to not exasperate our children to anger, but instead, we're able to diffuse those things and be able to have the opportunity to train them up in the instruction of the Lord. Now, our passage of scripture that we want us to look at today, actually, it captures this beautifully, uh, says it wonderfully, and, and I'd like for you to, to give it the attention. I want you to go to the Proverbs. If you have Proverbs with you, Proverbs chapter 28. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13. And I'm reading again from the New American Standard Bible. This is a powerful, powerful piece of scripture. Here's what it says. It says, He who conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will find compassion. I'm going to read that again because it just has to be heard. He who conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them 
will find compassion. Now, this, this proverb applies to life. A proverb is a, is a truth that can be applied to life because it is wisdom that brings about good results. And specifically to our situation now, we can apply that as adults, as parents, grandparents, uncles, aunts, people that have influence over the lives of younger people. We can see that this also works here, that we have to understand that saying sorry to our kids, apologizing for missteps and misdeeds and, and misactions, is, is a powerful thing. And why is it powerful? Because of this proverb. He who conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will find compassion. So well, what is this verse saying? Well, first of all, it says, he who conceals, that, that word conceal means to cover up, to bury, to deny it exists. Even though everyone knows it exists, even though everyone knows that, it, that, that it's there, he who conceals his transgressions. What's a transgression? A transgression is an offense, doing something wrong, doing something that, that is offensive, hurt. He who conceals those will not prosper. The word prosper means have life. You know, this proverb points very directly to the fact that there's a connection to not being able to apologize, not being able to own that which you have done to offend another, even if it's your child, and prosperity. And prosperity is not just, just financial prosperity. We're talking life prosperity. We're talking relationship prosperity. We're talking about harmony and goodness within the relationship. He who conceals their transgressions will not prosper. But, he says, what? He who confesses and forsakes his transgression will find compassion, will find forgiveness, will find grace, will be able to hear from the other side, it's okay, brother, it's okay. So what does it mean to, to confess? Well, to confess, basically, in, in the verse here, means just, just to lay it out, to lay it out, to, to cast it in front for all to see to lay it out. And then the idea of transgress uh, is to forsake means to, to let it go, to, to completely let it go and, and be able to say, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to commit to learn from my mistakes and I'm going to commit not to try to repeat this action that hurt you once again. You know, we have within this uh, proverb really the how to provide the way to say I'm sorry, uh, how to, to make it an apology that's, that's truthful and good. You see, it begins with taking ownership of your transgressions. It begins with having the courage, having the humility, having the openness to acknowledge when you are offensive to someone, when you have committed a transgression towards someone, even if it's your child, even if it's a younger person. You know, more harm is done, I think, by parents who are unwilling to apologize to their kids, who are unwilling to say sorry. And when we, when we own our transgressions, let's make sure we don't put a, a qualifier on that too, right? Because adding a qualifier, and you know what I'm talking about, it's saying, I'm sorry, but. I'm sorry, but you did this, this, and this. I'm sorry, but excuses, excuses, excuses. And when we do that, ultimately what we're doing is actually recovering up our transgressions. We're saying, yes, we know that we did something wrong, but I'm going to bury it under my excuses. No, that's not how it works. When you say you're sorry, you're to say you're sorry and just let it stand. I apologize for this offense. I apologize for letting you down. I apologize for hurting you. And when you do that, then you make the commitment to ask for forgiveness. That's to the point where you not only acknowledge your offense, 
But then you have the courage to say, will you please forgive me? Will you please not hold this offense against me? Will you please not count this against me, but instead release me from the hurt that this offense has made? That is the element of an apology. And, and it goes beyond just to say, uh, you know, I'm going to say sorry so I don't feel bad anymore and I get out of the heat of, of being in trouble and feeling badly. No, that's not apology, right? You want to have, if you're feeling badly, you want to make use of that, that, that bad feeling to motivate you to make a commitment to learn, to grow, to, to invest and in not repeating that same mistake. To, to do what you can. To, to understand, you know what, I, I made a mistake, I, I did something wrong, let me learn from it, let me grow, okay, I'm not perfect, yes, but I am going to make every effort to, to be open, to learn to grow, and commit to not doing this again. This is the element of an apology. Learn and grow. You know, my wife and I often reflect on the fact that uh, the child that we have had to apologize and say I'm sorry to the most is our firstborn. Unfortunately, firstborns uh, <laughs> receive the brunt of parental mistakes, right? I mean, it's just the nature of it. Pioneers are the ones that take the arrows. Uh, firstborns are the ones that typically deal with parents who are still learning, who are still growing, who are still maturing. And tendency, our firstborn uh, is the one that receives the brunt of our parental missteps, the, the brunt of the things that we look back on and say, I wish I would not have done it this way. I didn't see it this way. Uh, I, we had kids young, and I have to confess often to my elders, you know, we were young, uh, we were, we, 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 kind of were filled with emotion, we were kind of learning on the fly, please forgive us. And I'm going to tell you this, that going to our firstborn now that she's an adult, now that she's a married woman, uh, and, and the season of when she, she had moved out of the house and stuff, we've gone to her on, on a number of occasions and we've said, I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry you had to endure this. Please understand we were learning, uh, we were growing, uh, will you forgive us? And, and that has been, it's just really been powerful in reconnecting with our, our eldest, in, in really bringing to a place of harmony. It's, it's been really helpful in dealing with those things that perhaps are still festering, that can provoke to anger, that can be hindrances in our relationship. And, and I encourage you, I don't know where you are, uh, if you have young children, understand that it's appropriate sometimes when you mess up to, to model for them how to apologize in the way that we've just talked about, the Proverbs 28, 13 way. If your kids are older uh, this and, and there's stuff going on, maybe you need to go back to them and, and humbly apologize for the things that, that they, they are obviously, uh, you, you hurt them by or they, they receive. And if your kids are adult children, it's never too late to go back and say, you know, I've been convicted of certain things. I have uh, come to my attention, things that, transgressions that were, were hidden that I need to, to bring before you and ask for, you, for, for your forgiveness and ask for your, for your grace and compassion. Why? Why do we do this? Why? Well, because uh, the truth of Scripture. It's important that kids hear from us that we're sorry. It's important for us to understand the Word of God, which says, He who conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will find compassion. So good to be with you today. It's so good to, to, to be able to have this privilege to speak to you. My prayer is that, that God's Word will come alive in you. My prayer is that the wisdom 
of Proverbs will be able to be applied to your life and your circumstances by which you will be able to see the fulfillment of the promise that he who, who forget, forsakes, he who, who walks away, confesses their transgressions, will be able to find compassion and will prosper. You can find out more about us on the web at mtcarmelchurch.org.